Coach, you feel like you're you're playing for the top seed in the AFC with this game that the stakes are that big? I feel like we're playing Kansas City. Does it seem like a uh, higher stakes game than normal? Feels like we're playing Kansas City. Kogan promo for the NWO. And this is for life, Jack, and it's not a stinking tagline. Brother? Yeah, he says something in that little promo about uh, um, what was one of his Hulk Hogan things. Um, anyway, I think he kind of accidentally said like one of his regular Hulk Hogan statements and he's like, I hate that word or something like that. <laughs> I guess you had to be there. Maybe. You still Location. watching a lot of uh, YouTube videos of wrestling, huh? Mm. Well, now I'm just listening to the podcast. Oh, what are you listening to? Uh, 83 Weeks? Yeah, I just finished the... Um, where'd it go? The Carlito episode on something to wrestle with. Oh, okay. And now I'm starting on Halloween Havoc 98, 83 weeks. Something to wrestle wrestle with. with Bruce Pritchard. Yep. Jack. I've been enjoying Dinner with the King. That's another good show for you to listen to. Jerry King Lawler. Man, I got another one I gotta listen to. Yeah, that's good. It's hard to keep up, man. Yeah, there's a lot of podcasts. These guys are... It's like every wrestler has a podcast. Yeah, I mean, I think what happened is these a couple guys jumped into it and they've been successful. Mm-hmm. And then they all of them are just like, oh, I gotta do this. I'm not in the business anymore. I can still be relevant. <laughs> I mean, that, I'm sure that's exactly what it is. But you can't be like, I guess Stone Cold, you said he's got a podcast, right? Yeah, he was one of the first ones. But, and that's good. But I think it's like, it's almost like for them, you can't be too big, too much of a celebrity. Like LeBron having a podcast or, you know. <laughs> well, you know Stone Cold's like, been out of it for like 15 years yeah, now. But that's probably the right timing. Yeah. Uh, something to that effect but if it's like if you're too big of a current star and you have a podcast it's kind of like uh, the intrigue I think the intrigue about a a big star is part of what helps uh, them be a big star right I feel like Mayfield having a podcast that'd be weird 
right. Uh, I think. That, I don't know. I don't know if that would work. Well, I mean, it, it would work, but I mean. And I think this is exactly why it doesn't work for some, but for everybody, because you can't pull all your punches. If if I'm saying that correctly, pull your punch means you're holding back, right? Uh, let me Google that. I think pulling a punch means you're holding back. So the if you're in the limelight, you have to hold back. Right. Because you're you know, you gotta protect some people and yourself or whatever the case may be. Um But once you get out of that limelight and you don't have to pull any punches, that's what we're trying to say. Then that's when it becomes interesting. Yeah, sort of like Chris Jericho's podcast, which uh, he's got to be careful. You know, he's got to dance around a few things. Because he's still in the business, right? Right. Yeah. Which I noticed that in some of his interviews and so forth. You could tell he's just tiptoeing and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of weird. Like, he's doing a podcast and then he's supposed to be kayfabing you know either he's a heel or a baby face and you know so if he's heel and then you're listening to his podcast during a week it's just kind of like ah come on man you know what i mean like yeah he's supposed know, to, he, he would be ideally it would he would be in character of what he was portraying in wrestling right and then when he would switch he would change his character on the podcast that would probably be really cool If he would stay in character during a podcast, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, I think that's probably that's what they used to do in the old days. Those guys lived those characters; they stayed in those characters when you saw them outside of wrestling. Yeah, I think it would be important. And today, you get these—not all of them now, because uh, Ronda Rousey just did an interview with TMZ today, and she was in character. Perfect, and it was great. It was great to see that it was you know because they asked her about her upcoming match with uh, the Bella Twins. and Or, you know, the Bella Twins attacked her, and they asked her about it. And, you know, and she stayed in character the whole time. You know what I mean? She didn't, not not one time did she come off character. And it was it was great. People in the comments were like, this is how it should be. Yeah. Because you, because you have hills and baby faces. Or, you know, you have hills out there right now that are on Twitter and Instagram. And they're like, you know, they're bad on TV, and then the next day they're like posting, "Oh, hey, I'm at the beach, you know, and I'm doing this, and I'm over here." You know, it's like, now nah, you gotta stay in your character. That's the way it should be. But it's hard these days, you know. All the they can't control all that. WWE. Yeah, I, I would think that you'd want them to remain. Well, you know, it's one thing if you you know you bump into somebody for a photo in a restaurant or something like that, but if you if you're doing a podcast or something that's well, you know, who stays in character to Miz, and if you bump into him somewhere outside of wrestling, he'll he'll throw the character at you. He'll be like, you know, get away from me. You know what I mean? Yeah, and he'll, which is know, what you want. Yeah, he's 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 uh, one dude that stays in character. It's really awesome. You know, it's like that show that obviously me and you like, but Kirby hates is you know Curb Your Enthusiasm, and God, how can you I saw, show? 
I know it just shows you well, he what kind of person that. kind of person Kirby really is. <laughs> um, so you know that Susie Green that's on that show. I think yeah. that's her name in the show, Susie Green. Well, you know how she tells everyone to f off. And <laughs> I love it. She said that when she meets people in real life, they say that to her: "Tell me to f off. Say something to me." You know, yeah. they want her to be in character. They, they're like, scream at me, you know? She's like, I can't scream at you, you know? They're like, come on, scream yeah, at me. And they're like, yeah, you don't want to see her outside of that. <laughs> and so she's like, I end up having to yell at them, and then they're all happy. <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, it's it, it's important. <clears throat> Very important. I agree. I'm sitting here working on a wheel at the same time, looking at some design stuff. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds interesting. Do tell. Yeah. (laughs) Very proud Uh, of you. Yeah. Very proud of you. Buy a wheel like that, you get a free bowl of soup. Exactly. But it looks good on you. Rodney Dangerfield. You know, I was listening to his stuff. We were going to some race. I forget where we were traveling to, but I started listening to some of his old stuff, and it, I liked it. It was, man, he was really unique with his delivery and how he kind of gave you that nervous. Yeah. He kind of had this nervous tick, this nervous energy. And uh, it came off in his routine, and it was good. I, it mm-hmm. was funny stuff. Just unique. I like what we were talking about. I mean, it's these guys had they had their they had their thing. And what's funny is he would do those movies in the eighties, and he pretty much is playing his character. It's like yeah. they're ask, they're asking him to do a movie, but he's essentially like playing his own character he's already developed so it's kind of interesting because you know you usually hire uh, somebody and and you're asking them oh this person's a well you know they're uh, a well-defined actor they're good at what they do and and, uh, you have them play this part and you know for him and other people I'm assuming it's like, well, we kind of just want you to do your thing. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, what's my thing? Oh, you know, we, you know, we didn't even write anything for you. We just gonna give you a general outline. Ah, I don't get no respect, you know. <laughs> God, I love the movie Caddyshack. Yeah, must have been really something before electricity. <laughs> <laughs> So he's just like throwing his one-liners out there in, yeah. in the movie. Tell the cook this is low-grade dog food. <laughs> yeah. Here, get yourself a haircut. It's like I, I still, you can still see the marks on his steak where the jockey was hitting it. Yeah. <laughs> 
speaking of movies, you know what comes out next Friday? Friday the 13th. Close. Halloween. Ah. Is that Jamie Lee Curtis in it? Yeah, we talked about that in our chat. I was like, my God, she... She's got to be about 70 by now, though. Yeah. Just weird seeing them old like that. I don't like that. It is. I mean... Yeah, everybody, you know, <clears throat> everyone that you kind of think about. I don't know if we went through this. We were talking about this with the Fall Guy and stuff one day, where the TV show The Fall Guy, but. What's amazing is they were actually pretty old, a lot of people, in those 80s days. They would hire older actors, guys that were in their 40s. Hmm. And, you know, like, um, you know, like Lee Majors, who played in The Fall Guy. I mean, those guys were already, you know, they weren't no teenagers, you know. They, they'd already been around a long time. You know, Chuck Norris, when he had his run, he was in his 40s. I can't believe that dude's <clears throat> in his 70s. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. And then... um. Nah, I forget what I was going to say. <clears throat> yeah, when you look these people up, it's pretty impressive that yeah, I, how, I just, how old they really are. I just want to remember Jamie Lee Curtis from True Lies, the striptease scene. Yeah, I think we exchanged that photo in the yeah. chat. But, yeah, I don't want to remember um, her. Oh, you, you know what that was? was a meme that stated... Uh, that was actually in that scene she wore her own clothes that wasn't part of the wardrobe like she did that in her own clothes <laughs> that's what she came in with wow that's what i said i couldn't believe the body on her when i first saw that i'm like what the hell Mm-hmm. so man that was how when when did that movie come out that, i would say around 96 97 wow so what is that, 20 years old now? 10 years ago. Um, no, definitely not 10. Well, you know how everybody says, uh, when I think of 10 <laughs> years ago, it was 1995. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was 95, 10 years ago. <clears throat> 1994. Damn. Great movie. Yeah, I mean, she looked, you know. It's amazing. She she looked great in that movie, too. So how old was she in that? I bet you she was in her 40s. Come on, this can't be true. What? I'm looking up Jamie Lee Curse right now. How old did you think she was? In her 60s. Really? Yeah. I guess maybe in that in the trailer for Halloween, they just make her look really old. Because she's 59. Okay. I thought she was at least 70-something. <laughs> That's amazing. Okay. Jamie Lee Curtis. <clears throat> I'm checking eBay right now. Yeah, what are you doing? What are you looking for? 
I don't know. I kind of I look around like I check for some. I look for vintage stuff. Hmm. Like I look for uh, vintage RC cars. I look for vintage Bigfoot stuff. Right, um, I'm, you're on eBay right now. Yeah. I want you to type in Pepsi. <laughs> Am I gonna regret this? Pepsi or? sex cans. Oh, no. And tell me if you remember these freaking cans. They came out in uh, 1990. Okay, see the very first photo there? Hold on, I just bumped into something that's a total BS auction. Hold on. <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out if this is... Uh, oh. Trying to figure out who this is. J-Concepts thing? No, it's like somebody... I'm wondering if somebody's trying to sell pawn something off as as an autograph photo of Jason Ronan. Something it's not. Well, it's a it's kind of a nice clifflet uh, old school body painted on it. Hmm. And you know it looks good, but the buy it now price is $2200. What? Exactly. It's a uh, Vintage Team Associated RC10 Mint FT kit, which FT kit is not... They didn't make an FT kit back then. But. Let's see the seller's other items here. This guy is basically trying to... He tries to sell everything at, like, the highest, highest rate. Like, I heard just, it's uh, 2200 bucks, right? Or yeah. best offer. Then he's got a Kenwald Edition car on here. For twenty five hundred, there's really not a whole lot. I mean, if he could get twenty five hundred dollars for this stuff, I would be putting mine on here. <laughs> the, yeah, I, BS stuff there. Here. Um, and yes, I know this car is not worth the buy it now price that's that's why there's a make an offer option come that's what on. it says yeah it says come on people please have at least a normal range iq before sending me a knucklehead message wow <laughs> <laughs> marietta california wow <clears throat> You know what's funny is when I first saw this, I thought it was Eric Reichert's car. <laughs> Jeez. I was like, damn, Eric, going for the gusto, buddy. Yeah. So I wonder but, why they put that price then if they know it's not worth that at all, just to see if somebody clicks on it and buys it for that? Man. I don't know. Doesn't mm. make a lot of sense. Nah, strange eBay and YouTube, man. It's crazy. Yeah. All right, back to my Pepsi cans. All right, so I got to go look at Pepsi cans. We were talking vintage, and uh, so there's a vintage team associated, and now we're vintage Pepsi cans. Pepsi sex cans. Cans? Yep. I know this is going to be bad. No, it's not bad. It's just I just want to see if you remember these cans or not. Oh. Okay, see the ones that are stacked too up there? Yep. So, it's when you stacked them, it spelled sex, S-E-X. See it? Oh, yeah. 
and they actually Pepsi pulled these off the shelves after um, some controversy about it, of course, and there's not many of those out there. Did you ever remember I've... seeing those back in 1990? I didn't. So this is 1990? Yep. I, I actually do kind of remember this. That's crazy. People are getting 20, 20 bucks for this guy here wants twenty dollars for one can. Um, Eric, Eric Riker, twenty two hundred. <laughs> I know this isn't worth the buy a now price, but use your goddamn head before you message me. It's good stuff, though. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah, so I cruise on here to look for some vintage stuff, see if anything. I love RC-10Ts. I'm a sucker for an RC-10T. Mm -hmm. The other cars, eh, you know. But an RC-10T, hmm. That's the truck. Like it. I like them. You know you can get some good bodies too is uh painted ones is uh and, you know Andy's back in the day yep well he still paints put some stuff on eBay he's got some cool stuff on there really? wow I just like his style of his old school paint jobs mm-hmm he he does a really nice does a really cool old paint job I mean it it's amazing but it's it's tough these days to get get the painters to paint those kind of paint jobs, even though they look kind of easy. Today's painters really they're not as good at the type of stuff. They're more they like to do the abstract stuff, you know, flames or tribals or dri something that doesn't have to be like totally exact. Oh, wow. I did not know that. Yeah, it's it's not as easy to to get these these classic style paint jobs and nail them uh, the way that these old guys uh, you know used to do them in the eighties. And uh, damn, you think it'd be easy now? It's not. It's it's hard. It's hard for these these guys to recreate them if that's not what they're used to doing. Hmm. And then it's like the more the straighter the lines need to be and the more pop that it needs to have with that style, it gets even harder. It's like look up um, well, vintage painted team associated RC ten T. That's just an example of one of On eBay. Yeah. It's like a black white fluorescent yellow and green there's a oh yeah hmm. like a stadium truck body with black in the back white in the front yellow and green fade kind of yep, it looks like that. a simple paint job that's but hard to do it's hard to do people are not very good at those um if you go to his buggy body which is vintage painted rc10 pro tech 6061 or 6160 that is a hard paint job too he's got two different colors in there with pinstripe separation 
and it's just you know the way the pinstripes are laid out and it's mm. it's just it's nice he's got the window borders painted got a little visor over the top with some little rivets you don't and it's just you don't see clean looking yeah it's just it's just clean i like how he autographs it yeah it is that that was always his uh, kind of his thing and it really you know, when you want a vintage body and you got to have that look it's it's hard to beat he painted some bodies for us a month or so ago came out pretty well I love I love painted bodies. I just I can't have enough. I, that's why the monster truck thing is so cool in RC because you can do all these different schemes and match different trucks, right. and it's just like I just love having the bodies. Like it's like yeah, paint one like this, <laughs> and and it just and it's just they look so cool when they're finished. It's kind of fun, I guess. It's my version of being into the scaling part of it, of RC, is just on that. Because you're trying to make it scale looking, but... Mm, I got my answer to the why they put a high dollar on the buy it now price. So um, they put a high dollar amount, so it goes to the top of the list. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Here's a team associated uh, RC car race in 1991 VHS for 50 bucks. <clears throat> yeah, I used to love watching those things. <clears throat> RC car racing. Where'd you? How did you find the the video? It's down in there. The same vintage team associated painted, but if you just scroll down, it's uh, it's down there. So you typed in vintage. Just put vintage team associated should come up look at this somebody's got a, a racing bag on here a vintage uh, old school racing bag that's the second it's got a matt ledger autograph on here let's see brian dunbar brian wow kato mellow daryl which i know all these guys jason Schweitzer. That's what Associated was a 12-time world champion. Oh, yeah, 50 bucks. First thing I wanted to get when I was a sponsored Associated driver was that inner cardboard box in that thing. <clears throat> when you see that view of that, that car carrier bag and there's the inner cardboard box, mm -hmm. that was the first thing I ever ordered, that and a T-shirt. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I see the view. Yep. Had to have that box, right? Yeah, and like the... that was that was the you had made it when you had one of those boxes cuz they didn't sell it. And if you're carrying one of those boxes to the track, you better be, be bringing something to the track. <laughs> A game. You yeah, wanna... exactly. That's how it was. You came in and people saw that, and they knew that you were you were factory. And then it was like, oh, all right, well, let's see what this guy's got. You know, there'd be some races we'd go to, and you'd see somebody coming in with that bag, and you're like, who's this guy? This guy's not on the team. 
And I know everybody on the team. This guy's not on the team. Then you're like, all right, he's getting crushed this weekend. <laughs> we were brutal competitors, man. <clears throat> brutal. Oh, hey, it's Thursday night, isn't it? I gotta set my fantasy lineup quick. Oh, brother. Sorry. Talk about something, RC. Well, we, the guys just came back from the fall indoor nationals, Fitchburg, Massachusetts, where they're at Todd Anderson's track. And Fitchburg, Massachusetts. They had a great race, uh, just under 300 entries. And uh, Paul and Alex went there. Oh. And uh, I actually took the weekend and did my own racing. I went to St. Louis, Missouri and ran the King of the Monster Trucks event. Ooh. So that was actually a lot of fun. Uh, difficult, but more difficult than you would think. Oh, yeah? But. Some good competition. Yeah, we we debuted a couple, let's see, a new body and showed some tires uh, that we have in the works for the monster truck classes. And, you know, I think people, uh, I think a lot more people would be interested in doing this had they experienced it this way. Because really the qualifying and running the bracket type of racing is really pretty fun. And it's super challenging because you think it's, you know, uh, you know, when you got the food chain of RC cars, like you got, you got the food chain of RC cars, right? Like you got some kind of, I'm sure sitting at the top of the food chain is the eight scale on road racers. They feel like they're the top of the food chain, right? They're like, yeah, we're, we're like the F1 RC. Right. Then you got like the eight scale buggy racers, which are probably right under that. Then you got like touring car, 10 scale off-road buggy, and then everything else kind of is below that somewhere, right? So I think in general people probably would think, you know, you know these guys, you know, the monster truck guy, you know, this that's like the bottom of the food chain, RC guys. Um, just from a hype, you know, legitimacy. All those type of things. But it really actually was a ton of fun. Um, Fred brought his scoring equipment, which is a – he has a real a real uh, pro tree, you know, like they would use in pro drag racing. So it has beams. So when you stage the truck, you're in the beams, just like the real deal. And then when you finish, you go across the beam. Uh, the tree shows you what your reaction time is, your lap time and uh, if you won or lost. So it's legit scoring, and it's fun because it is quick. You can pretty much lose to anybody at any given moment because the race is only like seven or eight seconds long. And so it's pretty cool. I th- but, uh, you know, going back to, I think in general people would s- assume that some of these things are bottom of the food chain, but... Uh, I think after they did it, I think they would kind of change their mind a little bit and say, you know what, I I think this is pretty fun. Mm. And that's kind of how I felt. 
you know, I mean, uh, doing it, I was like, you know what, this is actually it's kind of different for me. I haven't run it a lot. Um, and, you know, the competition was there. I mean, I did win two classes. I got second in one and third in the other. So I still did pretty well, but it was very difficult. Because the, the, the vehicles don't handle like a two-wheel buggy or a, you know. So you, you got some fudge factor in there with how the thing, you know, lands <laughs> off of a jump or, you know, like, you know, there's a little bit of guesswork in Carlson there, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I gotta this, take a time. I gotta take a time out. You're enjoying this, right? Or is this something else you're laughing about? No, it's something that you said. I okay. just, uh, I just gotta, I gotta take a deep breath. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Go. So, so yeah. You know, it, it is difficult. Yeah. But we had a lot of fun. Right. And, uh, Fred did a lot of the running of the races, um, you know. So, like I said, I won two classes, but and then I got a second and third. Matt Stoltz won Mega Truck and Pro Truck, which are kind of like winning Pro Trucks, like winning like two wheel mod. Oh, okay. Wow. And That's so legit. he he kicked butt there, um, <clears throat> and but yeah, great times in the pits laughing at each other you know the same old stuff but right. racing a different kind of vehicle and then so we had that event we got a one video done uh, fred came out and did his encore uh performance that he likes to do uh doing his uh running his monster truck uh, his slash four by four monster truck conversion that we sell he usually comes out at the end of the the whole event and does a well he likes to say he comes out and burns it down with a freestyle pass and he did so we made a video that that's up uh facebook we made a video of um did he do the triple sow chow i don't know what that is okay am i better off not knowing did uh fred have uh uh, Bigfoot there? No, he did not, but Bigfoot was there. <laughs> oh. uh, uh, what? Which one was there? Uh, How many Bigfoot are there? One. Bigfoot one, the original. Oh, wow. Jeez. Was it signed in autographs? The truck itself does not sign in autographs, oh. but, um, the, uh, but people driving it usually do. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Uh, but, yeah, the truck was there. We did a lot of our photos and a lot of our video with that truck in the background. And um, kind of one thing that was funny is they were trying to move it around in there. But we were in a really nice building, this vinyl image graphics is where we had the event inside. And so they were moving the truck around, but... You know, with these, I mean, this this truck has a 640 cubic inch engine, Jeez. 
and the thing's a monster. So with these race engines and stuff, the way they are is, I think they're real finicky, and you can't just, you know, it's not like you just hop in a regular pickup and you start it up and you just move it wherever you want. I mean, when you start this thing, it's like a deal, you know? <laughs> and then it, then they're you know trying to start it too much and they flooded it out, which then I guess means on a full-size truck or a, a big engine like that that basically you foul the plugs spark plugs so in order to get it to start again you have to uh put all new spark plugs <laughs> oh my god you're kidding wow no that so it's crazy. a big it's a big commitment yeah sounds it jeez but yeah we the truck's moved around it's uh it's original Bigfoot one, and um, that's cool. So yeah, it was neat. People people like it, and also provides a nice backdrop <clears throat> in the in the building in the facility. And, yeah. And then over at uh, RC Excitement, the guys had a great race over there. Uh, I think that's you know one of the rare ones that I've missed, but. Which race is this? Fall Indoor Nationals at RC okay. Excitement. And it, it was good. I mean, uh, Spencer was over there. Alex K was over there. We had some great racers. And uh, let's see, Spencer TQ'd both, but JP Richards actually won two-wheel drive with, uh, with the Yokomo. Uh, kind of Yokomo's really their biggest win all year in on our series you know it's uh, pretty funny because mayfield's run two of the events and the one he tq'd and then kind of got um kind of got hosed in one of the mains but anyway um but jp richards came through and won one two-wheel drive with the yokomo and then in four-wheel Spencer was able to win the third main in that class and win four wheel. And uh, Alex K got second. Big game this weekend, Spencer. Big game this weekend. Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, is it in Kansas City? Kansas City Chiefs versus your five time world champion, New England Patriots. Hmm. In. Foxborough. Ooh. I mean, Ooh. doesn't everybody talk up the the this Kansas City team at the start of every season and then they blow yeah. out at the end? I don't know. I think this time is different though. I think they have. A is legit, this real? Yeah, I think they have a they have a legit quarterback and uh, I don't know. It, it just seems a little different. I think they're going to be all right this year. I think they. I, I, I'm not. I don't think they'll fall off that cliff like they normally do. Even if they were to lose on Sunday against the Patriots, I think they'll be all right. So they're going to be uh, a force to reckon with in the playoffs. We definitely do not want to go down to Arrowhead Stadium for an AFC championship game against the Kansas City Chiefs. So the game is kind of uh, a big deal this Sunday, really. It would be nice to get the win against them. And that was, I remember that was the game. Oh, shit. So, yeah, big game this weekend. Go Patriots. And I see we had a question in here from Chili Duncan. 
Oh, he he's gonna be pulling for KC. Yeah. Apparently. You guys are rivals this weekend. Uh, Chili ask uh, on our Facebook page at the facebook.com slash Radio Impound. In case you didn't know. Yes, uh, will the Chiefs beat the Patriots by two or three touchdowns Sunday night? Ooh. Hmm. Fighting words. Yeah. Um, I think it's going to be a game like the Super Bowl where both defenses, you know, Kansas City's defense isn't that good and neither are the Patriots. So you're going to see um, high-scoring game, I think. And uh, I don't know, hopefully we can pull it out. America's team. Hopefully, uh, we can do it. I do like Andy Reid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Patriots. You're, you're trying to uh, you're, you're trying to push this uh, agenda along. It aren't is you? America's team. It's the New England Patriots. Jeez. You know, five time. You know, Steelers. Steelers have six, but nobody likes the Steelers. They're hated. God, Steelers. Jesus. But yeah, when's the last anyway. time the Steelers won one? Early two thousands or something? Yeah, who knows? A legit one? I, I can't remember. Terry Bradshaw days. A legit one. Um. Hmm. So, naturally, yeah, we'll see. Good game to you. See, I like Andy Reid, so I, I don't really see this as like a, um, you know, if we lose, it's going to be tough, but it's not going to be one of those where I'm going to be crying myself to sleep, you know. Mm. I'll be all right. I mean, it's a big game, though. It is a big game. It is a big game. It'd be great to get it. Uh, but as Bill Belichick would say, uh, we can't be looking towards that AFC Championship because, uh, you know, a reporter asked him earlier today. He said, uh, "Does it feel like this is a, a big a, a big game for you guys in a possible rematch or a possible matchup in the AFC Championship?" And Belichick just says, uh, "It feels like we're playing Kansas City." How do we get on this? Oh, Spencer Rifkin. Yeah. So. Well, I think, in all honesty, these guys try to, to pass off all this stuff. They know it's a big game. They know it's a big game. But they try to take the pressure off, and they try to make their, you know, make it seem like it's a ho-hum deal. But, you know. It's a big game, no doubt about it. It is a big game. It's a big game. America should watch and tune in and root the Patriots on. They need all the good vibes that we can get. Yeah, but you know, I think this. Uh... Coach, you feel like you're, you're playing for the top seed in the AFC with this game that the stakes are that big. I feel like we're playing Kansas City. Does it seem like a uh, higher stakes game than the one we're playing Kansas City? Guys are just jerks. Yeah, reporters are. Okay. Spencer Rifkin uh, won. What class did he win there? Four wheel drive. <laughs> yep. Good job. And Good job, Spencer. We... <laughs> Patriots. Then we sent. Uh, then our Alex K won short course. Yeah. So we had some good performances out of our guys in the stock class. Chad Eubanks and uh, Chad Eubanks good... always yep. repping and tagging the Radio Impound podcast just like Chili does. I Those know. Guys He's... are awesome. They are. They're great. Yeah. Thank you very much, guys. Oh. Uh, going back to football real quick. Uh, 
how about it, Jason? I found you in the stands <laughs> at the Kansas City Chiefs New England game from last year at Foxborough. I found you in the stadium. I know, like a whole like a whole year later too. Yeah, I it's it took me that long. But um, I actually forgot about the fan cam I, where you can view every person in the stadium. And uh, they made a post like, hey, you know, last week they made a post like, hey, check out the fan cam and see if you could find yourself. And then you could tag yourself in there also. So I went to tag you. Like, I, I tagged you, you know? Mm-hmm. And it puts a little Patriots emblem over your face then. But the only thing is it tied into my Facebook through it. So it has my name on that photo of you. Interesting. Yeah, pretty weird. But, uh, yeah, it's cool. You could see every person. So... The whole day I was like looking for Jason and I'm like texting Jason. I'm like, okay, where where were you and so forth? And Jason's sending me photos and I'm going through every person and I could not find him. Here, he's behind a guy and his face is partially showing. And you were turned looking to the left and I, I could just tell it was you with the glasses and everything. So it was, it was amazing, wasn't it? It was amazing. Did you did you say like Allison? Look 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 what Gotti did. He found he found me at Foxborough. Yeah, I did show it to her, and she's just like, "This yeah. is what he did all day." Well, I did other things while I was doing it because my phone is portable. But, uh, <laughs> it is portable. Yeah, but yeah, it was really cool. I don't know if all the other stadiums have let have something like that, but uh, Patriots do. So I couldn't find Spencer though. I guess Spencer might have uh, got up or something. Yeah, he would have been, uh, let's see, I don't know, I think he would have been to my left. Yeah, he wasn't, unless he was behind, directly behind that guy, so. Yeah, I, I think that he just wasn't there at that time. Hmm. Okay, well, interesting. So, uh, RC excitement, and, uh, I guess that's it, because we weren't all, we were only off for two weeks, so, not, not bad. Not bad for the <clears throat> ripcast. Yeah, well, there was another race in, over in Europe, that, uh, David Ronafalk, he ended up winning the the Pro Nitro class. He got second in e-buggy. Juan Carlos Canas won e-buggy. Uh, that was the uh, Buggy Land 5.0. It was a big race. The track is awesome looking. I mean, one of the coolest track visually in the video. It has to be one of the coolest tracks of the year. Um So, really cool. Then uh, Mayfield went out to the U.S. Open Championships uh, track in El Paso called SCRC. He drove over there. Um, He ended up TQing and winning E-Buggy. And then he TQed, won the semifinal in Nitro Buggy, and then he said he just had a really bad main, got third, and but he he said uh, he, he you know he didn't let it bum him out. Said his stuff was good, just kind of drove a bad main. Ty Tessman won the main, and uh, Cole Ogden got second. So pretty cool. And so we had guys everywhere doing their thing. Uh, we had obviously a lot of other races going on too, but those are the ones I remember off the top of my head anyway. <clears throat> Uh, Jason, this this is a question from uh, Superfan 
Justin Jubert, a.k.a. Paul Timberman. Uh, Jason, uh, do you think you'll be adding four-wheel drive stadium truck slash truggy to the National Series? Maybe. Maybe, maybe. Uh, <laughs> tough, you know. That's tough. What we what we're doing at the moment is we do have our Super Cup this weekend, which is at Mills Pond, Fort Lauderdale, round three of the fall session. We are are actually allowing guys to sign up and run that class. So I think depending on how we see things um, kind of materialize on the Super Cup, we'll determine if we add it to the National Series. I'm all for it. <clears throat> I'm all for doing it. and But, you know, there needs to be some support for it, too. Um, it'd be nice if, you know, Techno kind of stepped up a little bit for us on the series and, you know, maybe provided, uh, had one of their, um, Matt Walter, their team manager come out. But I think it'd be cool. It, it would be nice, of course, if they made another, if there was another truck out there. But, you know, maybe just the fact that it's simple and there's just this one Techno truck right now, um, maybe that has some appeal as well but i know we we asked for 10 committed guys to run the race this weekend at mills on um, the super cup so we'll see how that goes hmm. see how it goes from the head to the toes well i think it's time to call our guest we got oh, some great okay. questions you said so let's give him a ring i'll get who you do you have again. on on the show again there jason we got alex sturgeon which he's the he's the main guy uh, over there at the hobbyplex He's he's the guy. He's the guy. He is the guy. Over at Hobbyplex. I was at an all night bachelorette party and all of a sudden I'm the guy. <laughs> Name that movie. I actually I don't know. Alright. I'll tell you at the end of the show. I'll let you think about it. So what's up, Alex? How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. Good, good, man. I got Jason here with me. Just, uh, just doing our thing here. We, uh, I bumped into a comment today. I heard that you had an interesting day at the Plex. Uh, had some lipo stuff. Had a guy getting in your face too closely. What, what was going on with that? Um, so we had uh, my first customer of the day was uh, just you know normal retail stuff. Uh, he was one of those guys that likes to smack his lips together when he's not chewing anything, and it was right next to my ear. Um, that started things off, and then about four hours later, we had a um, somebody downstairs was charging a four cell, and it exploded and caused a fire. And oh, wow. I was running down there with the extinguisher, and yeah, busy day. Wow, eventful day. So. Uh, do you have one of those fire extinguishers? Or maybe they're all like this, where you have to pull the pin on it. And then it's... Yeah, like a okay. grenade. And I was actually, I was actually all excited because I had never actually pulled a pin on anything before. So, <laughs> except the body clip. Like, yeah, but I was like, this is cool. And then I'm like, oh shit, there's a fire. <laughs> 
you're like, this isn't just a routine um, test session, right? Yeah. Then we had to um, we had to open all the doors up, all the garage doors. Uh, we had to open up the store, the, the like our dock door and everything. And uh, I brought in fans from the off-road track because it, it was uh, not a good smell. It was not pleasant. But it all worked out. Good. Uh, all right. Well, normally what we do here is we kind of ask everyone a little bit, you know, their some of their, their story about RC. Obviously, you can kind of, you know, abbreviate it a little bit, but, uh, you know, we'll kind of build up to where what you're doing right now and some of the events and things you guys have, have and have had. Um, how did you get into RC and just, you know, briefly tell us kind of your, your climb into RC and then where you're at today. Um, okay. So, uh, it was, uh, mid eighties and, uh, my buddy down the street, Chris had a, um, a rock buster, I think is what mm-hmm. it was called. And, uh, that was impressive, you know, at the time. And, and so then I started buying the RC car magazines and then, um, whenever, whenever I hear, uh, a while back, Rhonda Drake had the story of how, like, she saw the Punky Brewster episode with the RC cars. Oh, yeah, right? we talked about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw I saw the same thing, and it blew my mind. And mm-hmm. from that moment on, it was it was uh, begging my mom for an RC car for Christmas. So oh, wow. uh, the first good car I got was the Tamiya Falcon, and it was, like, 1986 or something like that, maybe 87, somewhere in there. Yeah. And then... Um, I never touched a racetrack until 1990, and I got a Jerex Pro, and that oh, was my wow. first, like, really good car, like, race car. And then, uh, you know, Des Moines had two racetracks around that time, and Omaha didn't have any once the racetrack we did have went away, and my parents divorced, so I got to spend the weekend in Des Moines, so I usually race Saturday and Sunday, and then... Um, I really didn't get into anything too major, like too competitively until, uh, I start, I could pay for it on my own. Um, and that was right around the, the mid nineties. Um, I went to the stock nets in 96 and did really not that great. And then I started going to regionals every year and I started working myself up until, you know, to actually make a main and then, um, 99, uh, I had actually gone to uh, M&M Raceway for the Mod Nats for some reason, even though 99. I never raced Mod before. 99? Yeah, I think it was, yeah, 1999. Yeah, and I was, I, in like the, I was in like the triple I main or something like that. Oh, wow. That's awesome. That's where I would be probably. Well, slower. Yeah, it, it was bad. But... Uh, but I came back and I, I won regionals in stock buggy that year and I got and I TQ'd and I got third in mod buggy and I did it on slicks. I nobody had ever seen slicks before apparently, and uh, I the track it had like rained out and the track had like gotten all all it stayed super wet and I pulled out a pair of slicks and I looked at my buddy and he looked at me and gave me a little nod and I put them on my car and I went out there and I obliterated all the time. Wow. And. Uh, and then, like, right after that, you could hear everybody taking a Dremel to their tires to get slicks. And then by that time, the track had dried out enough, so it wasn't going to matter anyways. Uh, that was a great weekend. Jeez. And then um, 
And then I went to the, then I started, uh, around that time I was trying to, I was sending resumes to Losi all the time and I was getting turned down constantly. Uh, thanks Richard. And then, um, yeah. <laughs> jerk. <laughs> then, um, I made Richard the Trujillo. We'll say Richard Trujillo. Yeah. I made the A-Main in stock truck at the Cactus in 2000, and I made uh, the A-Main in stock buggy at the Winter Champs in Florida in 2001. Wow. And I thought that that was going to be it. I was like, this is it. I've finally come. And I still didn't get any sponsorships and stuff, and so I was all depressed and kind of a little upset, and I uh-huh. sold everything. And then my buddy, the same guy who winked at me for the slicks, uh, said I should just I should keep my radio and buy an associated car instead. So I dropped everything and I bought associated stuff. And then in 2004, I finished second at the Stock Nats and finally got accepted for a sponsorship from Associated at that time. Oh, see. And yeah, and then a couple years later, uh, I got invited to be on the Team Losi team finally, which you know, nothing against Team Associated, but being a TLR driver was like my dream because you know Matt Francis and and Kinwald, you know, although yeah. we're all kind of back and forth nowadays, but that's what I always wanted to be. So um, I had been a TLR driver from uh, 2006, and then last year um, I was kind of getting at that point again where I was uh, not having a lot of fun, and I felt like I needed a change. And I said, you know what, I'm just going to drop everything. The only sponsorship I kept was from J Concepts. Oh. And I've had a, I've had a pretty good time this year. I've actually I've, I've I've had a lot of fun. I own four different brands of cars. So wow, this this year you have four different ones. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Fun. <clears throat> well, how did you get into um, explain kind of the Hobbyplex Hobby Town setup there? I know. Gotti and I were talking about it earlier, but for people that haven't been to that location, pretty impressive. Uh, I want to say it's like kind of the uh, Hobby Towns, like, um, I don't know if it's your premier store or it's their, I forget what the right word is, but it's like your, um, talk to us about how you got into that and what things kind of look like there. Okay. Uh, so Omaha has, has had off-road tracks off and on, um, but never anything that, that was sustainable. And uh, um, in the year 2000, when our, our last indoor track closed, we had nowhere to go for off-road. And right around that time, parking lot was really big and was picking up even more, like T3 and stuff like that. And so um, I actually started running the, the, the outdoor off-road track in Lincoln to just try and have some sort of off-road presence here in eastern Nebraska. At the same time, the other manager here, Tim, uh, he was really building up the parking lot program from the hobby town that was here in Omaha. And uh, eventually, the, the the turnout and and you know, it 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 basically talked to the owner of this hobby town into saying, "All right, let's. I'm tired of paying rent. Let's go. Let's see if we can build something." And uh, you know, the owner of this place, he he he. He's, he's kind of behind the scenes. He's not a hobby guy. He's not into the hobby at all. It's just his business. That's, that's what he does. He's got other hobbies, but, you know, he keeps them to himself and everything. Um, you don't see him with, like, new vets or anything like that. He's been driving the same truck for almost 15 years, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he works really, really hard 
to get to get backers and loans to be able to build this. And originally, it was just the the big Hobby Tom sales floor, and then we had a really nice big indoor carpet uh, track. And once this place opened up in 2004, um, you know, I was racing here. I was racing uh, my HPI RS4 three or whatever it was, you know, at the time. And uh, I was actually working at the uh, meat counter at a supermarket. And we talked about hiring me here. And in December of 2004, about uh, nine months after this place opened up, they hired me as an assistant manager. And part of my job was to build an off-road track in Omaha. So I stopped running the Lincoln track and, uh, and came up here full-time, spent all my time here. And then, um, you know, 2005 or so, that's when, that's when eight scale was, was really coming on big. And, uh, um, so we had a, we had a 200 by 100 foot monstrosity racetrack and we didn't actually own the land. So in 2007, we moved to the land we did own, which was where the dirt track now is. Uh, and then in 2009, after the we held the Roar Nats, um, the the owner of this place, we had basically gotten rained on the entire two weeks beforehand, so it made it hard to build the track. I got the track built, and then the Tuesday before practice was supposed to start, it rained like five inches in an hour and just totally gullied the track out. And... Uh, Luckily, we were able to get the race in, but that Sunday, you know, he's like, all right, man, and he's breathing real heavy. He's like, we're going to put a roof on this. And I was like, really? Are you sure you want to do that? Okay. And so uh, he kind of went back to what, what he does, and, and a couple years later, we got the funding, and uh, the the Plex off-road track was built in 2011. So I'm my official title here is, is I'm one of uh, – two store managers and I'm also the off-road race director. So the other guy, Tim, he runs all the on-road stuff and I do all the off-road stuff. So kind of going back through some of the, the events you've had there at the Plex, what are some of the, I guess, some of the highlighted events that you've had there? I guess ones that you either really liked or just liked being a part of, or maybe, um, you know, I think to the nationals you've had there, the Roar nationals, you've had several there, but you know, any, any ones that all the events, you know, we ran up several of our events there. Um, you know, what stands out to you over the time? Yeah. Um, so, uh, once we went in, I mean, we used to hold RC pro series races when it was outside and that was always a lot of fun because it was kind of a, there were only three races. So you got the same group of guys to come all the time. Um, but there's nothing like getting rained out at those things. You get all these people here, and <laughs> and then everybody gets all bummed out. So, yep. Um, uh, once we went indoor, uh, we held some uh, of Scotty's uh, uh, showdown races, and uh, those were always really good. Um, your indoor national series finals, I think, I think the 2014 and 15 versions of those were, were really good races. And, and I really enjoyed those. Um, the track sucked the first year and that, that was on me. And that was actually when we decided to move the dirt oval a little bit more off to the side. So we could, we could more make like a true off-road track instead of trying to make compromises, you know? Right. Uh, I didn't like the 2013 layout at all. I, I, 
I was afraid you weren't going to give us the race anymore. <laughs> so, uh, 14 and 15 are really good. Um, the Roar Nats in 2016 was, uh, so far probably our, 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 uh, best, uh, well attended offered race. Um, when we did the Novak race though, I mean, we got, we had over 300 entries for that one year. And, uh, I remember you know, that. that race, that race was a lot of fun too. It was nice having Bob Novak, you know, come for that and, and everybody got to hang out and, and talk to him. And, and that was really good. Um, the roar stuff is, 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 is fun to do, but it's, it's a lot of work. And, uh, right now I'm the only one doing the work. So, um, it'll probably be a while before we put in for any of those ever again. Okay. Till I can find some help. <laughs> Good to Good. know. <laughs> right. Well, you also have a lot of, you know, kind of local series type events and, you know, things I noticed you just had an event over the weekend. I noticed you were, I don't know if this was last week, you made a post about how you started an independent class, uh, which is something we, you know, obviously have on some of our race series. And you were, I believe you were mentioning that you were happy with how things were going there. So talk about some of your local stuff. So um, uh, we've done a, a summer series since 2005 and uh you know back then it was both nitro and electric we had you know like three nitro classes or four nitro classes and then we'd have only like four or five electric classes back then when we went indoor um it became apparent that the nitro side of things wouldn't do as well in the summertime now because we are indoor technically even though we've got all these garage doors that open up um you know, when, when, when summer comes around, there's a lot more places to race your eight scale stuff. And uh, these guys, you know, they don't want to work on their car every week. It seems like, so, you know, they, a lot of times they'll save all that maintenance and stuff for a bigger race. So we, uh, we made a 10 scale in the summertime once a month. And then in the winter time, we, we actually have our eight scale techno winter series, uh, that's been sponsored by techno the last three years. Uh, that runs from November through March. And it's kind of opposite of what you would think, but it works out really well for us. It, it guarantees a good turnout at least once a month for almost, you know, the entire year. And our summer series is sponsored by Team Associated and Reedy for five years now. This was the fifth season, I believe. And uh, um, it's kind of what all of us 10-scale guys kind of look forward to. You know, we club race all winter long, and then we all – we all get ready to really focus on those summer series races. And it's kind of the opposite with the eight scale side, you know, after everybody comes, after everybody's outdoor season is over, you know, they kind of look forward to that once a month get together in the winter time. And then for uh, club racing, um, we've done it before The basically just wanted to have a class of stock that, that, that no sponsored guys were allowed to run, you know, just, just regular people. And a majority of our racers right now are regular people. There's, there's a handful of us that have had sponsors or are sponsored, but um, most of our local racers, you know, they don't even care about any of that stuff. Mostly um, they just want to come and run. So, uh, so this year I've, I've kind of done it where in the past we've done handout motors or, or handout tires or control tires. And this year I just said, okay, 
you know, just no sponsors. That's the only requirement. Let's see what you got. And um, last week for regionals, it was the biggest class. We had 21 entries in that. And I was really excited by that because um, a lot of the locals decided to race. Yeah, that's growth there. Yeah, it was good stuff. So, you know, kind of going into a little bit on the, you know, what what's the plans that you got for the future and, you know, maybe kind of dwindling down in this year, you know, we're kind of getting to the end of 2018, but that's usually kind of good for hobby stores and the hobby in general when we get closer to the holidays. What do you, what do you see it looking like in the shop and, you know, kind of building into the end of the year and getting into next year? Um, well, we kind of have a set schedule, um, for all of our big races that we have, um, our, our annual 10 scale race is at the end of April. Always. Um, it used to be the Novak race. Then it was the TLR cup one year. This year we just called up the Hobbyplex race and I'm trying to locate another, uh, title sponsor for that one. Um, we usually have an eight scale race somewhere in there. Um, for the winter time, we also do carpet off-road, and this year it's just going to be short. We're just going to start um, after our Christmas break and go through March, and um, I'll probably keep points for that. And then we usually finish it with a, a, what I, I call it the crash-in because okay. on carpet off-road, we all seem to crash more. So uh, that our, like, end-of-the-year or end-of-the-season carpet race is, like, March 23rd. Um, I don't expect to get anything more than like, you know, a hundred entries or less for that, which is perfectly fine with me for that. Um, it's, it, you know, carpet's a different thing. You get some guys that are just like, just hate it. And then you get other guys that are looking forward to it and they're actually kind of bummed that we're starting later than we did last year. Um, around here, we kind of tend to tone things down a little bit around the holidays because, we do have a limited staff. And so um, I do like to spend more time on the sales floor to try and get us good sales, you know, so we can, we can keep open, stay open, (laughs) you know? So, uh, but next year should be good. Um, There's nothing, you know, nothing too huge planned for next year so far, uh, but you never know. Um, We're looking at probably a a dirt oval race, uh, hopefully Memorial day weekend. And, uh, and then of course our summer series will be back. So that's about it. It'll be nice to have a year where it's not super stressful, put it that way. Okay. Hey, you were mentioned earlier that you, uh, in the triple, triple I main <laughs> at the, uh, uh, what race was that again? The 99 Mod Nats. At 99 Mod Nats. Now I've been it's to races not... where I was like in the P main and stuff like that. Yeah. But I always took away something from that race. What did you take away from going to there? And you learn anything? So, oh heck yeah! So um, uh, that was the first time I'd ever seen anybody really race on slicks before. That was an M M&M and M Hobbies in Corona, California. Oh, so you got, okay? Um, yeah, the jumps were way bigger at, back then than what I was used to running on. And what I try to tell. Um, but I, even even like my kid's 11 years old and and he he's not like me he's not super competitive about this stuff he just kind of shows up and races at the track because I do mm. but even then we do go to travel and races together and if if he's not doing as well I just tell him I'm like dude you're still learning something from the experience 
I think I think all those years I spent traveling in the in the mid to late nineties and early two thousands, I went to a lot of different places and I didn't do very good or as good as I thought I could have. But to me, I felt like it was it was to get all that valuable information from all these different track surfaces and the different talent levels that you were racing with eventually would, would pay off. And I think um especially now that I'm older, I, I, I do, I don't feel as challenged. Like, like if I go to uh fast lane in Kansas city to race 10 skill on their off-road track, I am actually like super happy about it and prepared for it because I've, I've raced on that surface before you get some of these kids who are really fast indoor and you get them on an outdoor track, which is pretty rare nowadays. They're like clueless for the first couple of days, you know, and, and eventually they get it, but it, it, it's those experiences that set you up so you can travel and, and, and go to different places and actually be, actually know how, what to adjust on your car or, or, uh, you know, not be so hyped up on, on making huge changes. Maybe the track will come to you because you know that you've seen that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's important to travel, you know, on different circles. Yep. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. The only thing I learned was not to travel away from my local track. Okay. <laughs> no, but I always took away something from the races, so. Yeah. Um, I cleaned uh I cleaned Team Losi out of rear of rear motor guards after rear... ninety nine nats. Oh. The, Did you the have double X? Okay, so you ran a double X, you didn't have a triple X. Yeah, remember um Kinwald had the triple X and, and, and there was like there was like only a handful of them there at that race. It was the first race where it debuted, and and uh, I was there with my piddly, crickety old double X, and I'd never gone over jumps that big before, so I was landing basically on the motor plate all the time. Mm. And uh, I remember Team Losi, heck, like Richard had to go back to the to the uh, to headquarters to actually get like like more of them that hadn't even been drilled out yet. He just he just handed him out and was like, here, drill a hole here and drill a hole here. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, um, I was also at that race, and I actually chose not to race because uh, I was kind of working in in the, in the business there, and I was helping different drivers, and Mark Pavitas, uh, who was the guy that we were, we were trying to help, and um, yeah, that was a interesting race. Um, very difficult for somebody to come out of town and compete at that track uh, yeah. because of the the local the local racers. And I mean, I lived out there then, so I knew what it was like to race at that track. And you know, I had some success there here and there, but man, was that a tough track! to try to beat Dude. a handful of people at. Yeah. I, uh, actually I made the D main in mod four wheel drive and in the middle of the race, they had this, I remember they had this big tabletop and then like a little chicane. And then you went the other way over another big jump and they had this big mound, uh, that was the corner and they painted it white. You weren't supposed to go over it. You're supposed to go around it and it had dried out. And so it had this giant crack in it. And I sent my double X four over this jump and the front end of it, the right front tire wedged into the, to the crack and ripped the whole side of my double X four off. 
Wow. And that was the end of my weekend. I was like, ah. <laughs> Is that on video? <laughs> no, I wish. That'd be cool. They didn't have stuff like that back then. You had to wait for the for the associated videos back then. Oh, yes. We were just talking about them earlier. And you know what's funny about all this conversation is we also just posted a, a throwback video that I found at my house last night of Cavalry racing the 2006 Hot Rod Shootout. Hmm. And... I know Rich was in charge of trying to put the video up for us, and he's just like, at first, he's like, I couldn't even get it to convert to do anything. He's like, then I found a program that I could install, and it would convert the video. And he's like, this must have been a cell phone video or something back then. I'm like, it was 2006. There was no cell phone videos. (laughs) And he was like, he's like, yeah, that's right. He goes, this was, and I think what it was is, a digital camera, but it had the video function. Right. Yeah. Remember where you get the... Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's a little bit of a squirrely video from the quality standpoint, but it's it's pretty funny. Just And, I mean, we got I got a, still quite a few videos at home of that type of stuff, and I'm looking at it just thinking, man, like, man, this is... The quality on this stuff is horrible. Yeah, there's uh um there's some videos of the 2004 Stocknets on YouTube from my from my main event that I've watched a few times, and uh, yeah they're they got that like fuzzy line going through them because they've been converted, and uh, it's still it's it's fun to go back and watch that, and like for some reason in in I think in A2 and A3 I had mismatched wheels I had like yellow fronts and white rears. Nice. Total Gomer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a shame that the we don't have like clear video like today, like 4K and all that stuff, like of races back then, you know. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Because today, today it's uh, everything's crystal clear. Though I wonder, Jason, will it will it be crystal clear in 30 years? I think it will. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because, you know, I remember looking at videos back then thinking, oh, this is horrible quality. Well, I agree. Uh, you know, I remember people sending me emails, you know, of our original BJ4 video trying to tell me how to set up the car. And and I'm like, I think about it now and I watch the same video and I'm like, how can he even see the car in this video? <laughs> I'm like, it's, it just looks like this blur blob driving around yeah but you didn't think think about that back then no yeah it's crazy yeah Yeah, it's weird hmm so we got some uh we got some sent in questions right Gotti? yeah here's a here's a question from chris uh for a local hobby shop owner without an on-site track what other steps or means of promoting can they do and uh, also, what are your successful promotions or community-related activities to draw in new customers or create visibility in the community? Okay. Um, well, when we first started doing this, you know, I would go and I'd post. Uh, I mean, this was a this was a while ago now, but I mean, I would make flyers and then I'd go post them like at the local supermarket on their bulletin boards and stuff. Hmm. Um, 
that was, you know, back when this, like, 05, 06, when we didn't have as much social media or any, sorry, any social media. Yeah. Um, other than our C-Tech, you know. Um, I think uh, um, what I would do when we were getting this thing going was, was you get the flyer made and then, and then, you know, I used to go on all the boards like, like RC tech and hobby talk and even Trinity tech talk when it was yeah. still around. Um, and I would like, you know, go into the race forums and I'd, I'd post the flyer and then I'd post pictures of the track. And I, I, you know, when we did start getting YouTube, I used to catch all the cool YouTube videos that we had and I'd post those too. Just so, just to try and get people who have never seen this place to at least see it and want to come for these races and stuff. And uh, I think that's changed now with, with social media, obviously. Um, it's probably a little bit easier, but also at the same time a little bit harder because I'm not sure who actually sees a lot of the stuff that I put out. I mean, I put out weekly. Um, I try to make funny memes and... Uh, Say, you know when our when our doors open or what race is coming up and um, I have a Google uh, calendar through my Google um, Gmail account that I list all of our stuff and I try to stay six months ahead or so on that wow. um, that we direct all of our customers to um, obviously I make I'm, I'm always uh, I have flyers for our weekly racing you know right up front so that new customers can take it um, Whenever somebody buys a, a vehicle from us, they get a free race, and or they can they can also use it as a practice pass. Either one, whatever they choose. Um, it helps to have, and this was this this was really important to me when I first started doing this up here. Was I think it's really important to have a, a really good beginner class and a way to not scare people off. So um, we only charge five bucks for our beginner class. We call it Plex Spec. And there's nothing spec about it. I just tell people, well, what? How do I, how do I get in? I said, you just show up. That's all I got to do. Just show up, and and we'll get racing. And uh, I run those races heads up, so that they're actually racing every single time. And uh, um, I don't put any age restriction, no motor restriction. I don't care what kind of car they have. I just want people to show up. And I, I attribute that to being able to recycle a lot of racers. So, um. I have noticed over the years now that, that as as your kids get older, you know, 13, 14, as soon as they get old enough to 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 talk to girls or get a real car or, or go to college and get a job, you know, they stop racing a lot. So so you always need to freshen yourself with 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 uh, new kids. Not not all of them will stick around, you know, and, and, and come to the track every week. So having a, a beginner class and, and, and starting them as young as you as you know, you can is a good way to, to just keep a track around. Um, I've also done stuff. Uh, we've uh, in the past, we've done like these crawler uh, demos at some of our uh, um, like, tra you know, like gun shows and stuff like that. And uh, this summer I, we sponsored our local mountain bike racing series and I took um, uh I took an easy up and a, and a bunch of pipe and I made like a square track and I brought our carpet jumps and we had like five or six demo cars for people to just come over and use. And, uh, to be honest with you, I don't know if that's translated into customers, but it, it, I mean, we got a lot of kids and, and their parents to come over and, and try it and check it out and everything. So, yeah. 
Um, we're always hustling. I mean, that's the thing. We're a big store and we, we have a lot of bills to pay. And so we're always trying, you know, there's not a day that goes by where I'm not thinking about new stuff I can do to get new people into the hobby. Um, new people into our store, new people to the track, you know, um, we do, we have a rock crawler course. We do dirt oval here. Um, we're going to do this. We're going to do indoor rocket league with RC cars here in a little bit. Wait, wait, oh, um, come, uh, is this a play off of rocket league, the video game? Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. That's one of my favorite games. It's super fun with RC cars. Cause you just line up a couple of slashes and just, and just go at it. It's super fun. Uh, so we're, we're going to try to do that on its own night. Um, you know, we do indoor, uh, tiny whoop racing here. Um, we're just, we're always trying to stay busy and, and just try to have people come out every, every day for stuff. Jason, uh, Rocket League is RC cars with RC cars meets soccer. Yeah. Oh. We'll, we'll have a video up on our YouTube channel. Um, the hobby Plex show, uh, as soon as, um, that's your YouTube channel. Yeah. Hobby as soon Plex as we show? can. Okay. Yeah. The hobby Plex show. Sweet. Yeah, interesting. You play Rocket League? I don't. Oh, okay. I, I, uh, I, I, I have played it. Well, Alex, Alex has a job, Gotti. He can't. Yeah. Oh, okay. So <laughs> I have played it with my son, but I, to be honest with you, man. Well, how'd you come up with game, the idea? Yeah. Well, the it's actually the owner's idea. The owner and his son. Um, gotcha. They, uh, um they were talking to some of their friends and they were saying how their kids all play rocket league. And they're like, well, we can do that with RC cars. That sounds like something we could try to do. And so we, uh, they actually went out and they, they built this arena and, and we're going to have these banners up and we think it'll make a pretty good, like, like video as well. So it's, uh, it should be fun. As soon as, as soon as they get going, we need like these slow days, which we don't like, you know, of course, but, um, to, to spend some time down there and, and get it all together. Hobbyplex show on YouTube. Yep, the Hobbyplex show. All right. All right, keep going with this question. I'll be right back. Where are you going? <laughs> yeah, he's right back. He probably has to run to run home or something. All right, here's a, here's a, something from Joe Zare. He says uh, he doesn't have a question this week for you, but he says. Uh, I just want to say that the Plex has been my favorite place to race since 2005. And uh, he mentions also, please, also, can you uh, get black carpet? Well, he's laughing out loud. I know. He he comes down a lot for the Winter Series um, eight scale races. Um, But also, our on road track right now, we don't have black carpet. Black carpet's the, the. the good CRC carpet that um, oh, gotcha. has, right. yeah, Mondo traction in it without, you know, without running a lot of cars. And, is that Ozite? Uh, is that what that is? It's, yeah, basically, but it, from what I understand, I've never actually seen it in person yet, but from what I understand, it's it's threaded different and it's made of a slightly different material, so there's, it, it creates a lot more traction than, than the gray Ozite ever did. Oh, so it's a new updated version. Yeah. The problem is, is we just bought carpet. I mean, it feels like we just bought carpet in 2014. And 
you know, we, we, we got carpet in, in 04 and in 2008 when we held the carpet net right before that, you know, we were always told when we were trying to get all these guys to come out for, for our carpet races that we were holding, we, uh, you're always told your carpet sucks, your carpet sucks, blah, blah, blah. So we said, okay, 2008, we got the roar nap. We, we bought new carpet and we rolled it out and it was a really bad batch of carpet. It was, it was worse than, it was worse than what we had. And so we had to live with that for a little while. And in 2014, when we got the nats again, you know, it had been six years. We're like, all right. So we bought, we bought the IIC carpet from Scotty. And, and we're like, okay, if anybody has any problem with this carpet, then they're full of it because they just raced on this carpet in Vegas. So, you know, I don't know mm-hmm. what to tell them. Right. And that, car- and that carpet's been good. Well, now, like two years later, they came out with the black carpet. Well, we can't, we're not going to be able to get the owner to spend that much money to replace carpet again that soon after we already bought new carpet. Yeah. So it's only been four years. And, Right, and our on-road turnouts, quite honestly, haven't been there to anyways to 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 justify uh, that. Yeah, just justify the cost. So, so a couple more years will probably be fine. If we could do it next year, we might. But, but you know, it's just one of those things we can't can't keep spending money on carpet when when you know we've been told before if you get carpet, all these people will show up, and we're like, yeah. You know, we've heard that before. Yeah, and then they don't. Yeah, yeah. So, so eventually we will, but but just not yet. Yeah. All right, Joe. Well, thanks for that question. Um, <laughs> thanks, Joe Zaird. In the garbage that goes. Um, John Bolton says, Alex, can you please everyone? Also, am am I too old to race? Is is I, John Bolton uh, too old to race? John Bolton's not too old to race. Ah, see that John? Um, you're not you're not old. And then uh they have a, they have, you have a sixty over a class, right? Yeah. Yeah. How old is John? It, it's impossible to please to please everyone. You can't do it. The same people complain about the same stuff, so it's just <laughs> it is <laughs> Yeah, it's not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. What are you gonna say, Jason? I don't know. Just I was just going to reiterate that, it, man, it is hard to please everybody. All right, this is from uh, Chili Duncan. You know Chili Duncan? You ever heard of him? Oh, yeah. Huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, you know, Chili had a question earlier. Do you follow football, uh, Alex? Are you a Patriots fan, America's team? Um, I, I, I wait around every year for Supercross season. Oh, okay. Well, and in, and in the and in the interim, I follow women's beach volleyball very closely. That beach volleyball, though, I think that's got something. Yeah, that has Dude. something. And uh, the Cornhuskers are zero and five, so I don't really care about college football this year. Either. Yeah, what's with them, man? Jeez. Rebuild year, man. Then the, they used to be like the model franchise, yeah, the model, the model team, nine, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. You did not want to play them, especially in Nebraska. Uh, where was I? Oh, Chili's question. With the announcement of RCGP earlier this year, and even the newer idea of RC National Series, 
Is this movement necessary to help grow the RC side of racing to broader audiences? Or is it more complicated than that? Other things have to change like less classes. Do other things have to change like less classes? Heads up racing, which I agree with that. Heads up racing. Or more realistic looking vehicles. Um, I'd be open to being part of the whatever you know, national type series as long as it's legit. Um, I, I do think, uh, some sort of national points thing would be re- would be good so that we can track our progress if that's what we're into. Um, you know, it's, it's tough to grow this hobby without being, you just got to, it's just all about exposure and you got to have the exposure, I think, in the right spot too. Um, I just, I remember being in high school and trying to tell my, my journalism friends what I did and what I spent all my money on. And they would just be like, you know, that's stupid. Why are you doing that? Oh my God. That's dumb. <laughs> and if, you know, if you try to advertise, if, if you try to show off and advertise, you know, RC car racing at like, this is an extreme example, but like, you know, an an ice dancing competition somewhere, you're not going to get those people that are going to be like, oh, rad, that's awesome, we should do that. I think, I think you got to, you got to incorporate it into actual like real life motorsports too, because I think those people get it. I, even, even my mountain biking, you know, I really like to ride my mountain bike um, when it's not raining. And uh, even even a lot of my mountain bike friends, you know, some of them some of them get it because they want to they like to race their mountain bike. But the ones who just who buy the expensive mountain bike to have it, even those guys would rather spend their money on mountain bike parts rather than RC car stuff. Mm-hmm. So I think finding the right markets and stuff to to expose RC is a good way to go if you can somehow integrate it into motorsports events. Um, that's why, I mean, Traxxas is, you know, their margins suck, but at least they're going out and they're exposing the hobby to, you know, monster truck fans and, and uh, um, motorcycle and, and, and funny car and that sort of thing. Because I think, I think it's easier to get those people to understand, you know, and, and, and want to spend their money on that stuff rather than, than having it in the wrong the wrong place. You guys you understand what I'm trying to say, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so a national series would be awesome, especially if we can get it, if we can, uh, it's, it's great to have it at tracks like this, like, like, like we have here at the Plex for sure, because we have a really nice facility, but to, to broaden the hobby, you know, we have to have races that are ex- as exciting as ours can be in places where people can, can see more of them. You know, we used to have an Iowa state fair race in Iowa every year. And that used to get tons of people to watch. And, you know, not all of them would, would, would probably get it, but a lot of them, you know, were just, it was amazing. And you'd have people clap and cheer for their favorite car. And, you know, they didn't even care what main it was. They just, they just saw the races. What was the other part of that question? <laughs> I, I think I think you pretty much got it. 
Well, you think, yeah, you think you need to go to less classes or, or go to a heads-up style racing or more realistic-looking vehicles to draw well, more people in? I I like heads-up racing. That's We do that on Tuesday nights uh, for all classes. And then um, on we, we do all of our beginner racing heads-up because they – I've I've found that qualifying can be confusing for people. Yeah. They're like, well, why are we why are we starting like this? Why don't we just all go? And it's like, well, you're trying to qualify and blah 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 blah. And and a lot of the new people they just want to show up and race. A lot of them don't even stick around for the main. They just they get their two races in or whatever, and then they're they leave even before their main if it gets too late. They just want to race. So I love that racing. The problem with heads up racing and and the really big events, you know, that that we like to do, is is how do you how do you separate it? How do you separate everybody from the start? You know, I think that's the hard part. Um, I had this idea where where you could take like you could you could try to limit it to like thirty people just like they do with the Reedy race, I guess. And, and for like, for like a national event, you you have a series, like say three races, and then you, you have those 30 drivers that go to each one and they race heads up. And then everybody else, you know, races in uh, qualifying and names like we normally do. So there's the, the cool thing about going to the Reedy race is that, is that that's your entertainment. You get to watch the best you know, duke it out every single round. And then the rest of us piddly guys, we go and we try to qualify so that we can get to that point. Mm. You know, I'd, almost, I'd like to see that on some sort of national scale. I think that could be exciting in a way to kind of, kind of, kind of market it as, as almost like a spectator thing. Yeah. I could see that. That really, the Reedy race really is exciting. I mean, I, I, I like going to the Reedy race when I can get in just, just to watch that, you know. If I had the money, I'd go anyways just to watch. I wouldn't even care about racing. But that's me. Um, as far as classes go, you know, I've kind of had a a. I, I used to be a. I used to hate how many nitro classes there were. Sportsman, intermediate, pro, expert, blah 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 blah. Uh, forty plus, forty plus sportsman, forty plus, you know, whatever. I've I've had a little change of heart of that because I got to announce the uh, the King and Kings race as Fateline this year, and I they weren't going to have me do anything on practice day, and I'm like, well, I got to do something. So I I went up and was actually taking all the entries, and you know these guys were coming up and signing up for for two buggy classes, and then if they were over forty, they'd be like, oh, there's a forty plus uh, forty plus electric class. Hmm. Oh shoot! And they just hand over another twenty dollars. Yeah. And I'm like, that's a really okay. I kind of get it now from a from a track standpoint. It sucks to have more classes because you got to spend the money on the trophies and the time it takes to get through the day. But on the other hand, it it lets you take more entries too. So it's 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 a trade off, I guess. Um. So, you know, from a racer, sometimes having having a gazillion classes can suck because you're just in the pits more. But as a, or, you know, but at the same time, if you can pick up another class or two, then you're not as bored during the day. And then from a promoter standpoint, I guess 
having that many classes just kind of guarantees you're going to get the kind of turnout you would need to to be able to even put on the race. So I don't know. I'm kind of torn on the classes thing. Yeah, I haven't looked at it like I think, that. I always felt it was just too many classes out there today compared to back when we raced. But oh yeah, that's a good well, way to look I mean, at it. I, I still think there is, but but I think that that's where also um, you could if 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 there's some sort of take advantage of it national series yeah if there's some sort of national series where you had just mod two-wheel drive and mod four-wheel drive be your entertainment and and those guys race for a heads-up style national title and then you have the rest of us guys you know qualifying in demand or whatever i i think it could still work that way well that's that's you know a little bit what we do on our our national series is we actually have a um you know we run the modified guys is we kind of view it like two wheel and four wheel as the premier class for spectate, you know, for watching. And yep. then so we do triple mains, and then the other classes have you know longer single mains. But yeah, that's kind of the concept that that we have um, doing what we're doing, and and uh, you know of course we have that independence class for stock uh, buggy, which is the no sponsor thing, and and. Um, I mean, we we have had success with that with that setup. Yeah, I copied it for our regional race last weekend. <laughs> I, uh, we had triple mains for two wheel mod and four wheel mod, and everybody else had a eight minute single A main. Oh, yeah, it was, it was fun. Let's see what we got. In, any other questions here? You'll be uh, getting a letter from Jason's lawyer, copying his uh, format. <laughs> 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 Here's one for Jason. Uh, will the will J Concepts release uh, the beadlock rings for the tribute wheels? Yes, probably, probably going to be next week. Thought it was going to be this week, but we're still kind of oh, so recovering. Right okay. Yeah. yeah there you we're go, good. Pete. They're almost here. Hang in there, buddy. Monster trucks are cool. <laughs> Well, we were, we were talking about it at the beginning of the show, and and uh, just it's a different type of racing, and it's a different type. Uh, but you know, it has a little bit of the scale aspect to it, where if you want to emulate a real truck or something, you can work on a scale side of it. And then there's the racing part of it, so it does have there's some stuff intertwined going on there. Yeah. We've held a, a couple monster truck events on our carpet this summer, and then I think they're going to do more on our dirt oval area over the wintertime. Our next one's October 21st, Sunday. Yeah, I think I think there is uh, there's definitely some cool things that can be done there, and I think people would definitely get into it. We were talking about earlier that you know I think people in general look or an RC racer or a racer looks at those looks at an RC monster truck and they kind of think it's like they're low on the totem pole in terms of the coolness of being a racer. But when I've done it, it does have some, some appeal uh, that I think people that race other RC cars would really enjoy because it's different. And, um, you know, to me, I like all RC cars, like I'll race anything. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I know I know you're kind of the same way. And there's some people that are hardcore one way or another. But for me, 
like if you tell me we're gonna race Mini Coopers, I'll race Mini Coopers. Like it's like if you tell me we're gonna race Dirt Oval, I'll race Dirt Oval. Like it doesn't like I just like RC cars and I'll I can get into it, you know, on road, you know, all these different things. If we're gonna drag race, tell me I'll try to drag race. But I just like them all and I like trying to make it look good. I like the um, the side of it that you can make it look the way that you want it to look and and have a and when people look at it they can tell that you are either know what you're doing or you have a sense of pride in how it looks and I think that's to me that's what's fun about it. Yeah, that side of the hobby with uh, especially with like crawling, um, that's what I always liked about rock crawling was you could I could uh, I could do stuff to my truck that nobody else could you know has done before. You know, I bent my own length. I uh, I modify a part to make it fit. You know, it was just it was really fun and cool to do that. Mhm. Yeah, I mean, we we've kind of went in really strange directions overall, and um, uh, you know, with all the different kind of cars we've had. You know, we've went down that road of, you know, you had to do it all yourself and know how to work on it and do everything. Head, you know, start to finish. Then we went through the phase where it had to be all done for everybody, and it was an RTR, and you know that was the yeah. only way we were going to sell cars. It had to be done for everybody, and then we're into the scale stuff where people don't mind doing everything themselves again, and it's just we're yeah. like in this real weird, um, this really weird cycle. But it almost seems like the people that are into when you're into it for the vehicles and you're into it for the tinkering and doing things yourself, those are the long-term guys. Yeah. The guys that, that will stick it out, that'll keep doing it. The people that are into it just so it's an RTR and that, you know, they buy everything done. I think those are our short-term guys and um, appealing to the people that, have that sense of they want to do it themselves and build it. And that might be the part that we kind of miscalculated in the early to mid two thousands and all the RTR stuff and, you know, getting back to doing it yourself. And maybe that's, you know, part of some things that we're, that we're missing there. Yeah. I, I, I've, uh, I've, I've really tried to make us a good, um, a good a crawler store, you know, and uh, we carry a lot of a lot of tires and a lot of uh, um, upgrades and a lot of different fail stuff and bumpers and all that stuff. And when the monster truck stuff was coming on, it's it's it kind of it was kind of the same group of guys that kind of broke off and started doing that too. So that's you know that's why I started carrying you know more of those upgrades and, and you know all your wheels and tires and bodies and stuff. There's yeah. guys in here almost twice a week buying new bodies, different bodies for their for their truck. Yeah, and I think that's part of it. That's what I've you know uh, talked to some guys about is there's always that that next truck you're trying to build, and yeah, you, you finish one and you're like, oh, I really like the way this one turned out, and then right away you're like, all right, so now the next one I want to do, and um. And then you get it done, and it's the way either the way you want it or it's not, and then you you can try it and try it in a competition, and then you can say it's like a goal. 
And then you finish yeah. that one, and then you're like, okay, so now what's next? And that's what's kind of cool about it. Yep. So, anyway. Um, so you want to give uh, good to give a shout out here to your everyone that's in, involved in, the, I guess the the Plex and in your your racing or anyone you want to give a shout out to. Uh. My wife, for, <laughs> she won't listen to this, but uh, um, no, um, uh, yeah, I guess um, I think I think the Hobby Flex has a has a large group of racers that that really enjoy coming here and are really happy, and and it makes for a, a nice environment to race in. So to all those guys, of course, I always you know try to say thank you. Um, I try not to be a dick to everybody, so. Um, I really appreciate them coming out because it keeps me employed and I'd, I'd much rather be here than at a, at, you know, a meat counter at a supermarket or something like that, or, you know, anywhere else. Um, uh, Tim, that's for, that's uh, where Gotti works, by the way, he works at a meat counter. Do you really? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. <laughs> Wait a minute. Dude, I used to cut, I, I used to cut some mean steak, dude. That's what I was doing. Omaha steaks? Um, no, uh, well, I mean, no, but <laughs> here in Omaha, yeah, of course. Okay. Um, but no, uh, Tim Ski, he's you know he's the guy who uh, uh, agreed to hire me back then. So of course, um, you know, he's still here. He's the on road guy, and he's the general manager here. So, um, you know, he's a, he's a great guy, and and puts in a lot of time and a lot of effort into this as well. Um, of course, our owner, you know. Um, he, he works so hard behind the scenes. I mean, nobody gets, nobody sees how hard the guy works, but he works so hard to, to make the deals and to pay the bills and to keep this place open and, and to keep it, you know, at least profitable enough to stay open. So um, nobody, nobody probably even can recognize him, but he's just, he works so hard for this place and uh, he deserves all the credit for, for, for making the jump to build, to build it initially and then to, to build this, you know, stupid, big dirt off-road track, you know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's about it. Um, my my son, Emerson, he's 11. He's an 11-year-old, so he's he's into all sorts of stuff. He's, he's great to have around when he races, and when he doesn't want to race, I'm fine with that. He can stay home and do whatever. Um, you know, uh, the guys that, that come here every week, you know, like Will Brinton, um, you know, he's awesome. Uh, he's willing to, to, to uh, you know, stop everything he's doing to help me if I need it or to help anybody else that's around uh, with their cars or with their tire setup or whatever. Um, there's all yeah, these guys I, to help. Actually, Will uh, wrote into the show here. He says, um, what time does practice start? <laughs> <laughs> and also, do you have that dollar you owe me? Yeah. Yeah, I've probably borrowed more than a dollar from him. Probably a little more than that. <laughs> the the what time does practice start thing? It so I go I go out of my way to make these flyers, like these fly, these beautiful, awesome race flyers with all this information that's listed clearly on the flyer that says exactly when we open and exactly when we close on race days. And you'll still get, you know, what time does practice start tomorrow? And I'm like, dude, it's seven. You've raced here for eight years. It's always been seven. <laughs> Jason, 
too long, didn't read. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, we, we, we get the same kind of questions. Um, I know I've asked s- similar questions too, but um, yeah, it's like the whole, like, what time's the 10 o'clock show? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But as a, as a nice guy and as a, and as a, as the right kind of race director, I don't, I don't like get all pissed off. I'm like, nope, we open at seven. You know, it's fine. It's fine. And then I'll go back to my pit and I'll be like, God damn it. These people are hard <laughs> You have to make that in bold print, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, well, I don't what, know if that's about it. What's that? Oh, sorry. Go for it. I cut you off. Uh, he said, uh, "What else is? Uh, what is your favorite oval class?" <laughs> Dude, mine sprint car, baby. Hey, uh, you guys got those eighteen uh, scale sprint cars in? Uh, no. Have you seen them? Um, I have seen them. There's already a dealer in town, so we were told when we called that we can't get them because there's already a dealer somewhere else. Oh, what? Yeah, that's what we said. We said what? So uh, that's the honest. That's the honest answer, right? We 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 haven't gotten them in stock yet because uh, we don't have a dealer account because they they said there's already a dealer close to us. Okay. No, whatever. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. I just saw them on Facebook. I was like, oh, it's pretty interesting looking. And, you know. Yeah, they they're cool. Yeah. I've seen them. They brought them in. You know, a couple guys own them. They brought them in here. They're oh, really okay. neat. That's We'd cool. love to sell them. So if those guys are listening and they want to sell more of them, they could call us at 402-498-8888 and we'll be happy to, to carry them. That would be a good idea, by the way, for them. <laughs> Yeah, I would think so. That's uh one is it one up racing or something like that? That has those yeah. sprint cars? Yeah. And where can we find uh Hobbyplex on uh the social medias? You got the YouTube. Okay. Uh so yeah, on YouTube I just started a Hobbyplex uh YouTube channel. Um it's called the Hobbyplex Show. Um I plan on having uh eventually like an actual like fifteen to twenty minute studio type show where we talk about just pretty much anything um, hobby related. Um, we're actually going to be doing that through local public access. And then oh, wow. once it runs on, yeah, once it runs on there, then I get the digital copy and I can upload it to YouTube. So that's cool. That's that'll be, yeah, that'll be coming eventually. Yeah. Um, for now, I'm just trying to do two, three minute, you know, videos. I've done some intros to our racing. I've done some racer spotlights. I'm gonna. I'm doing a weekly what's new now for the store, and um, I'm trying to do like unboxings and you know stuff like that uh, when new stuff comes in, especially when it's exciting, you know, new stuff that people will actually want to come by. Yeah. Um, on Facebook, you can just search Hobbyplex. We actually have our main Hobbyplex, Hobbytown Hobbyplex page, and then I've got a couple of sub pages um, for our race nights um, for. Uh, Family Friday Off-Road and the Saturday Speed Off-Road and our Dirt Oval page. And then we've got a couple for our series races that we do and a couple for our um, big races that we have. So, you know, they don't always get updated year-round just when you get close to those events. Um, but they're pretty easy to find. And uh, I think we have an Instagram account, but I haven't used it yet. That's on me. Oh. And that's, that's probably about it. 
and they can contact you directly on you, you got uh, Twitters and stuff. Uh, yeah, I can't even remember what my Twitter thing is. Twitter is a is a pit of awfulness that I that I don't like to go on anymore. I don't know. I I don't like Twitter either. I get a lot of uh, instant messages through Facebook at about midnight sometimes. Oh yeah. Um, that's a good way to get a, yeah, that's a good way to get a hold of me. And, uh, of course, you can always call the store or email the store or message the store, whatever. Yeah. It all yeah. comes through my phone, so I look at it and go, okay, and I answer it. Well, time's practice start. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate you being on the show for episode 181. And I got a uh, – for, for being on episode 181, you have – I got a trip here for you for two. It's a two-day, one-night <laughs> stay at beautiful Camden, New Jersey. Wee! I miss New Jersey. The last time I went to New Jersey, I came back with a New Jersey accent. <laughs> you did? I did. There was, it was for I was a part of the RMT for a roar race at Jackson, New Jersey, and Jackson. I was there wasn't much for me to do because I was a scorekeeper, and all these people were had New Jersey accents, and then <laughs> there was this uh, there was this like bagel and, and uh, uh, waffle place right down the street that I went every morning and there was like legit like New Jersey gold chain wearing Yankees hat guys and <laughs> I hung around I hung around them all week and I was flying back and I was like I was like how you doing and I was like holy shit I just did that and <laughs> yeah, I never heard anybody say they missed Jersey but uh, okay what's that what's the uh what's that MTV that awful MTV show oh oh so, okay, funny story before you let me go. I'm sorry. But, uh, uh, okay, at the end of it, we were, we were driving around at the, on Sunday night or something like that because I think it got rained out or something like that. Or No, it didn't. That was the day before. Anyways, it doesn't matter. And we passed by Jersey Shore Gynecology, and I thought it was the funniest thing I'd seen in a really long time. Scotty actually <laughs> had used to, to work there. Oh. <laughs> I had to stop Poor and man. take my flip phone and get a picture of it. Flip yeah. it. <laughs> How long ago was this? Uh, yeah, 2013. I think I still had a flip phone. Oh, really? I was gonna say 2013. Yeah, I didn't get a cool phone until after the first 3D race I went to. When I realized that if I was gonna do that again, I had to. I had to get a cool phone. Yeah. My God. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, there you have it. Okay. Alex Sturgeon everybody thanks yeah. alex awesome awesome job and uh i always love going to the plex enjoyed the nats this year too and um yeah well, what do you got going on there jason you got something coming up soon well we have a a yearly race there called the one eight spring nationals that uh we've been talking about uh making it an oval race oh yeah yep okay so that is on the schedule uh, for next year. Plus, Jake, I mean, uh, Jason sponsors quite a few of our races anyway. So he's, yeah. uh, he's one of our he's one of our original. I call them house sponsors, just companies that have been there pretty much from the start when we really got going. So we really appreciate it, you know, all the time. Yeah, definitely love going there. Uh, it's easy easy to fly in, easy to get to the track. Hotels across the street. We know where the we know where everything is, and um, yeah, I was I was easy. 
Got a Starbucks yep. nearby for Jason? Uh, not huh? really. You know, oh, Jason, how do you survive that? What was that now? Starbucks. How do you survive with oh, no Starbucks? Oh, no, there's one anymore? down there. Oh, yeah? Um, okay. Yeah. You get on... Um... <laughs> it's about 10 minutes away. Yeah, it is. Wow, okay. Very good. I'm trying to think of the name of the exit. Uh, so you, the exit where the track and the hotel is, it's like two exits down. Um, Maple? No, the one after Maple. Oh, it's Dodge. Yeah, it's Dodge. Dodge Expressway. Yeah, when you get off on Dodge. Yeah, you yeah. go to 114th and Dodge. Yeah, you make a left down there, and uh, the Starbucks is by the Burger King. Yep. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, it's between me and Thomas going there, or me and Ron Schur, or Mayfield, or Spencer, where I was yeah. jetting around there. All right. Well, there you have it. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. Great. All right. On. Yeah. All right, buddy. All right. Thank you. I've seen a new question pop in here, too. From uh, Almond McLean. Yeah. Oh man, that's a that's a that's a deep one here. No questions for Alex. Yeah, but think of it. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> uh, here's one for for our, for uh, Jason. How many times do you go out and just sit in BF4? Bigfoot four. Oh, I was thinking Almond. I was thinking Battlefield four. <laughs> yeah, see, when when I see it, um, yeah, you see Boston Truck. I see video games. Yeah, I see I see Bigfoot four, and you see uh, Battlefield. That's crazy how I saw Battlefield. I was like, Jason, don't play Battlefield. All right, for the Gotti, got any aluminum Trinity RC10 B3 goodies? Need some rear hub carriers. Any anodized color at this point? I could say no on that, but I'm not going to. I have a box of stuff in the garage that I'll never get to, but it, you know I should say no. I shouldn't say never, but if I ever do almond, and I come across something, I'll hook you up. Don't worry, bro. Yeah. Um. So Jason, the Bigfoot Four question: How many times do you go out and just sit in Bigfoot? Well, Jason doesn't sit in it anymore. <laughs> I did sell to Fred Reed, yep. who works for us. Uh, he uh, brought it back to Missouri, being worked on at a. <sighs> Gateway Classic Mustangs is doing a restoration on it. But to be honest, I probably sat in the seat maybe three times total. Um, took took a couple photos. You got to have a couple photos in there. And But other than that, it's actually really hard to get into Bigfoot 4. Um, you have to come up through the bottom of the truck on the passenger side, there is a homemade uh, little step that sits into the frame, and you come up on the passenger side, and you have to you have to straddle and go over the center console, and then drop into the seat, and then the steering wheel detaches. So then you have to attach the steering wheel to the column. Yeah, oh boy. Um, 
So it's no easy task to just jump in the seat of that truck. Um, the cool guys, when they were racing it or driving it, like John Pyan and Andy Brass and these guys, they would go in through the driver's side window. So you would climb up the tires and you would, you know, uh, stick your legs in, into the passenger or the driver's side window and then you get into the seat. That's kind of how the cool guys got in. Ah, okay. Um, I never, I never did it that way because if you don't have the big tires on it, it's not easy to do that. Mm. Because with the, with the big tires, you could crawl up the tires and then you can go into the, in into the window, and get in there. But when, uh, when there's not the big tires on it, you don't have that uh, proximity to it so hard truck to get into uh, so good good question but yeah I'd say two or three times is probably as many times as I got in the seat wow alright well Almond, thanks for those questions and, uh, oh wait a minute actually I'll hold on to this because you got other ones here I'll just I'll, I'll run over his question here real quick for it's, a, it's 830 yeah I know, but the, the, there's a football game on right now. Okay, go ahead. Just make <laughs> football, it quick, will you? Football. They still have that sport? Yes, they do. Thursday night. Uh, okay. okay. Uh, J-Concepts has already shown a good national following with its Super Cup series. Is there, is there, if if there were one tenth scale national race league to race for a season... A, how many races should be in a season, and how many races for the National Series per month? How long would the race season go from what months, February to October, for example? What would be the race format for the series? What race would kick off the series, and how would you advertise it, and how would you wind down the series for the end of the year to keep people interested? Um, This is pretty... Pretty funny because we have a national series. Um, we have five races for the whole year, um, and I believe that in the way we do them is we have a winter, spring, summer, and fall nationals. Uh, they're in four different locations. The final is at Beach RC, so we call that the final. That's five races, and. Uh, you know, so the first one's in February, the second one is in May, the third one is in July, the fourth one is in October, and then the final is in December. So we spread them out through the whole year, uh, but they're not necessarily a month apart. They're a little more than that. And, you know, he's asking how many races should be in a season. And since we're doing it, I'll say five. <laughs> and how many races... Per month, um, I would say you want you don't want one per month. You want it um, longer, stretched out longer than that. Uh, how long would the race season go? He's asking here, February to October. We do ours February to December. Uh, what would be the race format of the series? We have we do Ithmar starts three qualifiers, three main triple main events for modified long single mains for stock we have independent stock this year and um, it's been a success uh, I don't necessarily believe 
that we need uh, heads up starts to make make racing exciting or fun. Um, we've already had heads up starts. Um, we've went through that phase. Sure, it's fun to watch, but I think the racers will get irritated with that system because guys get upset now when they get taken out and they're not even starting all at once in qualifying. Mm. So, um, and in order, you know, you you can't have a heads up race and think that it's going to be great for spectators if you don't get any spectators. I mean, that's, I mean, we, it's like, you know, the, the thing that always cracks me up is people are like, yeah, yeah, we'll start all at once. And, and that's great for spectators. And I'm like, all right, well, how are you going to get the spectators there? That's what I was saying. Like, Motorama should go heads up, though. <laughs> yeah, of course. Because they uh, got they, thousands of people that come through there. Yeah, they mm-hmm. have spectators. But we go to these races, and we'll go to, like, you know, a small track somewhere and, you know, next to a cornfield. And it's like, you don't have spectators. Yeah. Yeah, the spectators are the other racers and their family members. Yeah. So it's... Yeah, people, I think their vision of what RC should be in general is different from reality. And um, I think we do pretty well in RC. Um, I think we can do better, but we actually do pretty well considering uh, where we hold these things, how inviting we are to spectators. And at the same time, you have to want to be a spectator. Like, how many things in my life you know, do I actually just want to be a spectator at, you know, it's like, um, I've never been to a NASCAR race and it's probably a great spectator thing. Um, it's like, you, you have to want to be a spectator and, um, and then we're trying to convince somebody to buy a very expensive car and they think it's for kids, but it's not really for kids. It's for adults mm-hmm. also enjoyed by kids. So, um, this is a whole nother conversation for another time, but I have my own opinions. But anyway, um, what race would kick off the series? We kick ours off in St. Louis, Missouri in February at smack track. Um, he's asking how would we advertise it? And right now we advertise it to the racers. We think that would show up and attend. Uh, we've, we've done it many different ways over the years. We, uh, when we started doing races, we, we tried to mail people information. Uh, we would, you know, I'd type up something. I think I have it on my computer somewhere um, of, you know, and then we would mail it to people. Uh, we would put things into our orders at work. Snail mail? Yeah, we did that when we first started. Oh. Um, some of our first events, we did snail mail. We wow. did, uh, we put things into people's orders at that time. Um, you know, we, we've we've done we've tried and did different things over the years, um, but you know when we go and do these events, you also have to have a facility that can host spectators. Um, so if you're going to advertise, you're going to have or you want spectators, you better have somewhere to put them if you do get them. The experience tells me that it is very hard to get spectators to begin with. Um, they have to be there for something else. You can't just advertise RC and say it's free to spectators. Um, you know, you're going to get 
you're just going to get a handful of people to come watch it. And then they want to watch the cars crash and, you know, like it's totally different than what people think it is. Um, you know, you don't just have all these people walking in as spectators saying, Hey, like, where can I spend $2,000 on this stuff? You know, like they're, you know, they're taking it as entertainment, the crashes, it's cool. Like how many backflips you can do. Um, we we have to target our people that want to be technically savvy, want to work on something for themselves and have a vision of what they want it to look like. And then they can pull it off uh, by working on it, doing it. And, um, and I think that's the kind of people we're looking for. Uh, there's some people that just don't match what we're doing. They, they don't have the, the technical know-how or they do they don't want to they don't want to have the commitment that it takes to be that competitive um you know if you want to be good at this stuff or you want to like it you got to sit down and work on it during the week you gotta you gotta think about it you gotta you gotta you gotta be into it it can't be just you know i'm gonna pull it out of my trunk of my car and throw it down and you know that person doesn't usually last very long it's a it's a big commitment like you said when you were when you were young you worked on your cars every day and you couldn't wait to get to the track on the weekend and those are the kind of people we're looking for people that have a commitment the dedication the you know some technical ability and they want to make it right and those are the people that we're looking for not the people that just want to watch a crash and you know like that doesn't really do anything for us so um unless you're selling a one night stand rc vehicle you know like something you want to just sell somebody for 50 or 60 bucks they take it off a couple curbs they break it and they throw it in the closet and never gets used again mm-hmm. um and that's not really a race car that's just or a hobby based car that's just a toy so lots of things to consider um, I don't think you can have hundreds of national races or 50 national races. People aren't going to, tr- you know, if you're sure, if maybe if you're stacking up points on a, on a local level and then you can qualify for a national event, something to that nature, maybe that would work. But we can't expect people to travel long distances to many, many events through the year because people don't have that type of time, money you know dedication um the last thing we need to do is add more more events all over the place what we need is we need um people that are interested in their local um tracks interested in in bringing um an atmosphere and sort of a you know racing environment to their local area and then building it from local out. That's how it was done when I started, and I still think that's the best way to do it. Um, so there is no magic button. You can't just have you know a thousand races all over the U.S. and think that's going to be this big attraction. It's not. Um, and the in the series they're talking about um, RC whatever it was RC. RCGP, um, just because you put a bunch of pros out there and um, 
have this couple races around the world, uh, that's not going to do anything for us either. Um, So there's a lot of things that I think would work. um, But it's just, like I said, it's another show. We can concentrate on that. But um, a lot of the things that people are coming up with, I think – they're great for a pro racer or they're great for um, somebody maybe trying to generate income off of a series. It's good, you know, maybe it's good or benefits to that standpoint, but I don't know that that's benefiting the industry at all or mm-hmm. getting more people involved. Well, that's a whole other show. Yeah, I mean, we'll the, thing that we do, the, the thing that we do with our series, and we have talked about this a little bit, but our national series, like I said, is five races, and mm-hmm. uh, the track itself controls the sign-up. They take the money for the race registration. Um, we ask that they pro- provide a hotel uh, for our media, and we do a small amount for the race entry we ask for to help cover uh, our cost to go but the 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 lion's share of everything goes to the track or hobby store and i think that that's a benefit to the tracks and you know what we want to do is we want to help promote it make it big three or four hundred entries well 300 entries is our maximum and 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 the track benefits from that you know, we're not there to take um, money from these races. We want to sell product. You know, we just don't. Uh, we want to help the tracks uh, be a little bit more exposed with the media. Uh, people recognize the the locations, the names, the facilities. Uh, they know that they're capable of doing some bigger and better things because they're hosting a, an event. And um, yeah. I think it's that's the reason why we do our races and kind of how it works. And the biggest thing with our races is everybody wants to do one. Uh, they think that they, but once we have a location set to do these events, people don't want to give them up either because they're used to having this big race where they get 300 entries. So, um, but the mistake is thinking that every track could get 300 entries. That's not really true. That. All we do is if we just keep adding a bunch of races all over the place, all they do is dilute themselves, and you'll end up with 120 entry races. So, anyway. 120, you say? You say? Yeah. All right. Thanks for the question, Almond. Almond wants that B3 goodies from you. Just associate it up. They'll hook you up. Your buddies with Cliff Lett. <clears throat> They'll have something, won't they? Not from Trinity. Well, no, but uh, <laughs> they'll have some kind of aluminum rear hub. They actually associated didn't make aluminum hubs for a oh. B3. Oh, did that? No. No, I think you you guys supposedly made them at Trinity. Oh, we're the only ones, huh? I never used them, but hmm. I got the plastic ones on my car. They're dialed. Did I ever tell you a story? I had all the aluminum uh, red parts. For the fr- I had to deliver them to Chicago. Did I tell you that story? Ah, never mind. I'll... Yeah, you did. Yeah. I don't know if I told it on here or not, but 
That was a good story. Anyway, nah, forget it. Episode 181. Um, you know what? Some guy what? asked when we're having Ray Monday on the show, and I agree that would be a great, great guest. Oh, okay. From we will Australia. have Ray Monday on the show on Monday. <laughs> um, now, Jason uh, hooked me up with some uh, two prizes, the Spencer Rifkin plaques from uh, INS8 and the uh, Turf Nationals, I believe, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. So we're, so we're giving it away this weekend to patrons of the show at patreon.com slash radio impound. We're going to have a Royal Rumble match. I was going to have it in the Ripcast arena. I designed a whole arena. has the Ripcast logo everywhere. has our faces in it. But oddly enough, you can't, you cannot use a created arena with the Royal Rumble mode yet. So... I don't know what to tell you guys. What we're going to do is we're just going to do it in the regular Royal Rumble arena. My apologies. Didn't realize that till today. But we designed a real cool arena where we're going to have all these matches for prizes. We, we could still have all the other matches, like ladder matches and one-on-ones, you know, tag team matches, and so forth. Just the Royal Rumble mode, for whatever reason, you cannot use a created arena. So maybe that's something they'll patch back in. But anyway, we're going to give away the Spencer Rivkin plaque, so big thanks to Spencer for handing them over to us, and uh, thanks to Jason getting them for us, and patrons of the show, square off in the Royal Rumble, the last two standing, we'll win uh, the first, uh, we'll figure it out, one and two, we'll get the plaque, so I'll be holding that this weekend, I'll be streaming it on our YouTube channel at Radio Impound, you can watch it there, or you can watch it later, I'll post it onto our Facebook page, there you go. Did, um, I, I think I was going to ask. I sent the other prizes out. Woody Garwood's getting his Mayfield body. Nice. He's going to take a photo with it. And uh, he said he'll get a photo to us. So that's great because that's what I ask you guys. Get a photo, not just of the product. It would be cool if you're holding it just to prove I'm giving this stuff away. So Woody Garwood, he's he's, uh, he's getting his. And uh, Jason Minich is getting his uh, Tanner Denny body. So um, actually they should have it by now. So. They'll get the photos to me. We'll post them up there. And then I'm still waiting for Scott Marinick. So if, uh, Scott, you're listening, I need your address. I messaged you through Patreon, but uh, I haven't got a response from you yet. So I need your address. Or if anybody knows Scott, tell him we're looking for him. need his address to ship him out some prizes from uh, Jason. Jason has something for him. So Those were our three winners from the last show. We got, uh, like I said, Royal Rumble going to happen this weekend. Yeah. 120, you say? Yeah, 120, you say? All right, that was episode 181, you say? I'm going to do 19 more, you say? And then we're going to end it, you say? I'm going to be over at episode 200. Unless you, you guys say? want us to keep going, say? Yeah, I think we got to go that, say? We're gonna be, we'll be going past 200. I mean, we uh, now we're only 19... Left until yeah, we'll go. I, we'll, Jason will talk me into it. I'm sure he'll have squeeze those me. done by before the end of the year. <laughs> you think? You think? Two hundred. You think? Two hundred before 2019. That should be the goal. Well, that there you go. That's something to set your set your goals on, Jason. Well, I mean, that would be your goal. So I'm here all. Hey, I'm available anytime. Well, that's not true. Okay. I'll be here all night. <laughs> All right, well, thanks for joining us for this episode. Thanks to Alex Sturgeon, and I uh, hope he enjoys his uh, vacation to Camden. 
Absolutely. It's a beautiful time of the year to go there. All the shootings and so forth in the fall. Oh. Just really Thanks. nice. Yeah. All right, guys. Jake time for food. Jason's going to go get food. What are you getting? I don't know. I'm asking Allison right now. Oh, all right. It's probably, well, it's birdseed. Yeah. Sit down with some birdseed and watch the Eagles versus the Giants. Ugh. Football. Jconcepts.net. Go over there. Order. Order. Tell you how to shop to order. I, stuff. I would say we got some new cool stuff going right now. We got a few more things coming. You say that every show now. Are you delivering? Yep. Okay. We are delivering. All right. I trust you. Okay. Pete Phillips is looking for that uh, beadlock thing or whatever for whatever. We do. We have we have photos. Uh, we just did photos of them t- today. Okay. Say. Don't. <laughs> you just did the photos. Say. It's coming to you, Pete. Say. Where did that come from? I don't know. Say. Well, I'll, I'll tell you me. where I got it from. Courage, the cowardly dog, but he got it from somewhere else. Interesting. You ever watch Courage the Cowardly Dog? No. Anyway. I wonder if Kirby's ever coming back to the show. Uh, Well, he's got a lot. Well, look, he's busy, you know? He's got softball games all over the place. On the weekend. And, uh, you know, he's always, <laughs> Thursday nights. Thursday nights are just bad. He can't record Thursday nights. He can't record Thursday nights. And then I'm sure Friday's bad and Saturday's probably, yeah, definitely out of the question. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, probably. I don't know when, because then uh, flag football starts up soon. So, mm. so he's a busy man. Yeah, I see. Yeah. Okay. Uh, go Patriots! Big game this weekend, folks. So send the good vibes. See what we can do against the five and zero Kansas City Chiefs. See if we can get them a loss. See what happens. They're five and zero. They're five and zero. Oof. They're five and zero. They usually go. start five and zero, and then they start uh, going a little bit on a losing streak. But uh, then they have, we, end up five and ten. Hopefully, we could uh, give them their first L to you know. Yeah, I like you know I don't mind Kansas City. It's not one of the teams I hate like the Eagles. So I like Andy Reid. All right, go Patriots. See you go Lakers. Week. Are we coming back next week? Oh, that's right, Lakers, baby. Did you see the LeBron? Uh, <laughs> did you see the LeBron highlights? Hey. From- yeah. This yeah, and you guys are so lucky that he wanted to come to LA. Unreal yeah, that yeah. you guys Well no no Magic Johnson your, got him. In there. Your, yeah, right. In in your yeah, in your Lakers lifetime, look at all these greats you've had on your team. So cheating. Oh cheating. America's team. America's team, Los Angeles Lakers, we're back. I mean I can't believe I have to watch the Lakers this year. So mad. Why is it gonna be great? It's gonna be fun to watch. I know it is. But you know the part that is gonna be bad is West Coast time games. Yeah, that's always been a killer of mine since I was a kid. I mean, it was just brutal. It is brutal. Well, I mean, it was easier when I was a teenager to do it, but now it's like oh, god. It's like I'm lucky to make it through the end of the first quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Season starts up in a few weeks, so. Yeah, eight days or something. Yeah. And your hockey team, uh, Vegas, is up uh, starting up now, so I don't, I don't know nothing what's going on there, but uh, just know it's yeah. I'll, I'll catch up before the season starts. I yeah, mean, we were we were already in the finals last year, and so. yeah, and then the, and the uh, Yankees lost last the other night, so that's that's great. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yankees lose, that's always a good time. 
Yeah, see, Kirby had a good weekend because all the teams he hates lost. Oh man, we had a we had an excellent weekend. I think it was like a week or two ago where where um, Penn State lost, Steelers lost, and the Eagles lost. It was fantastic. It was like the stars were aligned. It was a dream and, weekend. Oh, it was, it was fabulous. It was fabulous. God, it was great. Good thing that uh, the 49ers spent all that money on uh, Garoppolo. Well, that's all right. He'll be back next year. Next Jimmy, year. J- Jimmy G's fine. He's fine. He's right. already, already – uh, he's getting older. <laughs> getting older already. Already yeah. getting older. All right. Okay, we got to go. Okay. Later. Yes, you put it succinctly. Suck what? Succinctly, it means perfectly. Oh, yeah. May I do that? <laughs>